Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 161. I mean, first of all, I did a show last night, and I still managed to be in bed, jammies on, uh-huh. 10.30. Wow. That's the dream. And did you ask to go early on the lineup, or yes. did you not? Okay. And I used the baby excuse. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, it's an smart excuse, to have a baby but it's oh, yeah. also real. Yes. You oh, know? oh, 100%. Yeah. So I recommend that. For for lineup purposes, yeah. have a baby. Yes, have, yeah. a baby. have a baby. Honestly, noted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking like I'm ready to have a baby, but I don't want to hurt my comedy career. But actually, this could no, be this helping. helps it's your helpful. comedy career yeah. because helpful. people still yeah. book you. People still book you. Yeah, and then Going you can just have a couple three. of demands, sure. and mm-hmm. then it's not a big deal. One. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we look at the stock market tumble um, while staring out a Wall Street window and swilling a cognac in the middle of the day, uh, thinking about our money. You know, because that's the kind of people we are. We just have lots of money here at uh, Fake the Nation. We're just fucking rolling around in dollar bills, the panelists will tell you. One dollar bills, though, you know. Um, I am your host, Nikki Parsad, and I hope you guys are having uh, fun summer fun and I hope you're eating a bunch of gluten 
Um, whatever you do, summer with your gluten. Hot summer. Gluten. I love a summer gluten. Boiling <laughs> so hot gluten. <laughs> gluten on a stick. You oh, guys have yeah. had that. Oh, yeah. So good. Um, today we're going to talk about the Endangered Species Act. We're going to check in on the GOP, and we're going to look at a weird little scandal at a Manhattan church. <laughs> Which I was like, are we going to talk about this? Yes, we are. I guess. Um, today I'm joined by. Oh my God! First time to the show. She's so fun. She's got this show um, that is right now happening in New York City at the Crane Theater. It's called Monica Lewinsky Sings Your Heart Out. Um, it's like part musical, part uh, one-person show. It's, it's got jokes. It's just a hilarious, wondrous creation. Um, and the woman behind it is Amanda Hunt. Hey, Amanda. <laughs> Hi, Nikine. Thanks for having me. Um, and from the podcast Blank Check and from the Amazon show The Tick returning to Fake the Nation, stronger than ever, more hilarious than ever. You guys, uh, in the left corner, we have Griffin Newman. Uh, thank you so much for uh, having me here, inducting <laughs> me into the Two Timers Club. Uh, I ha- we were talking about this right right before we started recording, but I decided my brand is to continue uh, promoting my canceled TV show. I think that's fair. That will be my plug for the rest of time. Also, it yeah. has only recently been canceled. Right. So I feel like you can still. It's on. I, I think so, too. People can watch it. They'll be able to watch They'll, it for a long time. Unless Daddy Bezos decides to punish us and <laughs> just like take it away. It. Yeah, just Clorox it from the internet. <laughs> Bleach it. Um, no, yeah. I, I stand behind your plugging. Cool. Um, let us get into it with topic number one. So, uh... Donnie's dysfunctional jumble of unassigned cubicles held together by post-it notes and hate, known as the White House, has announced sweeping changes to the Endangered Species Act. It turns out Donnie is pro-animal extinction. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You guys, this is one of those topics where, like, we're going to say a couple of things. But the the main thing is there's not much to say because why? Like... uh, Average people, if if they are told, hey, we could really get rid of, like, this might mean the end of monarch butterflies, they'd be like, well, that doesn't sound right, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, but but I guess, what was your first reaction when you heard this? Oh, of course. Right. Yes. That I was, also, right. I thought yes. of the Trump boys cradling their dead, their dead trophy cats. Yeah. Uh, and yes. I thought, like, how much of this is personal? Like, how much of it is, like, Don Jr. wants to shoot a monarch butterfly? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, he at, hasn't been able to. Yeah. Yeah, at this point in the Trump administration, anytime anything like this is announced, I feel like I'm coaching an improv group <laughs> and just going, like, right, correct, that is the right heighten. <laughs> that is the game you've established. <laughs> and you have properly escalated to the next most ridiculous level. It does, I mean, it just feels like super villainous. Yeah. Uh, and as you said, it's like, oh, he's just like, you know, chosen to let all the endangered species die. And then you go like, well, I got to dig into this. What's the stupid reason that he wants to remove it? And it's the same thing, which like it, it always feels like he is taking the things off the board that best represent our humanity. And then you dig into it. And it's like it's just about keeping money in the pockets of the old people who have it. You know, okay. and, and also me, and the, and the climate change thing. Bef- uh, before we get into that point, yeah. let's just talk about the three things, the basic three things that this uh, that this rollback will do. Um, basically, 
officials are now exempt from having to protect important habitat for species threatened by climate change. So climate change was part of it. So they don't have to do that anymore. Um, the new rules would make it harder to protect um, unoccupied critical habitat, um, areas that are like suitable for a listed species but not currently occupied by a listed species. Now, why that sucks is because climate change is shifting habitats for species. So we sort of like need to maintain unoccupied habitats because these motherfuckers are going to have to crawl um, or hop Mm -hmm. uh, into them. So that's a thing. New species listed as threatened under the act uh, would no longer receive the same protections as endangered. So that means they'll just definitely be come endangered. <laughs> yeah, like you have to get so much worse before you can get on the list right, now. Like right. it it's to me it's like such a such a baby move too. Like it feels like these rich old people are like, "Well, if I can't take it with me, I'm going to burn it all down." Like there's an element of like such deep selfishness there cuz they it's like there's money involved, of course, but it's also like, "Do you not appreciate this beauty?" Like uh my cousin got married in Wyoming a couple of years ago. Hi, Jason. And <laughs> we got to go on like a river rafting tour. Yeah. And they talked about bringing back the wolf. And it was like this conservation effort. And they were so proud of it. And it like restored all this natural wildlife and restored all this like river bank. And it's this incredible cycle. And it's like, that's going to just be undone immediately. Yeah. yeah, but they don't care. I mean, that's the simple answer is also, you know, in addition to just wanting to save money, in addition to wanting to be able to uh, deny climate change as much as they can, you know, uh, by denying all the areas surrounding climate change, they're also just all these guys who are going like, I don't know, what a wolf's done for me lately. Yeah. I don't gain anything from monarch butterflies. I mean, they have such a myopic view of uh, what the world does for them and what it yeah. doesn't. Well, and Anything I think, that doesn't feed their and, sort and of, the, yeah. And their intersection with this act is specifically around um, the, you know, the federal agency that um, basically looks at when there's a proposal made, they have to kind of say, no, this is not good for these endangered species, so we're not going to let you use this land for that purpose or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So now what they're planning to do um, is, you know, so right now they're they're required to consult with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service um, to avoid, you know, negative impact, but they're modifying it to speed up the consultation process, which sounds like <sighs> rubber stamping. So this is the point. This is the real insidious thing yeah. is that intersection where a, gov a, a company is – held to some kind of standard by the government, that's being just significantly eroded into nothing. Um, because I can't imagine under the Donny administration, the fucking Fish and Wildlife Service being like, that's problematic for the wolves. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. that's not happening. Right. And there's like a gaslighting language around it, too. Like, it seems like all the language that they're putting out is like, no, it's actually better. Trust us. And it's like, one, we will never trust you. Um, uh, on things being better. But two, like, it's clearly not. Like, you're taking away so many protections in the interest of streamlining. Right. But it seems like such a lie. Um, by the way, just so we have some numbers at our fingertips, there's a million, one million species threatened with extinction due to human activities. Hey. Yeah. Uh, most of all, humans. Yeah. <laughs> I think our survival is pretty threatened right now by our behavior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, and I'll just say, like, you mentioned the wolf, uh, the, the, 
the Endangered Species Act is credited um, with saving the bald eagle, which is like the famous one, mm-hmm. um, the gray wolf, uh, the grizzly bear. In 1973, it prevented the extinction of 99% of listed species um, by making it illegal to harass, harm, pursue, hunt, shoot, wound, kill, trap, capture, or collect. That's uh, language from the act. Um, any of the species that are on the list. Uh yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I guess, you know, I just like think about the appetite of people who leave th- this country to go to like do big game stuff in Africa. Mm. Yeah, like hunting. the Jimmy John's guy and that dentist. And that, yeah, and uh, that woman with the giraffe. Oh, yes. 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 Oh, yeah, Donald yeah. Trump Jr. Perhaps we think Sweet of Eric. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, two beautiful boys. So I guess I feel like. Yeah, the 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 the, hap- the appetite for hunting is, especially among the that kind of elite that can mm-hmm. afford to go to like some of these like pristine natural habitats and then just kill a thing, um, you know. Now they will be able to do that more uh, here. You know, they don't have to go to okay, uh, South yeah, Africa. Yeah. So here's my conspiracy theory that made I'm in started. America is I what got, I'm saying. I made got, in here, America. Here's my whole conspiracy theory. Ready? Yes, they they are as you said, right? That we're we're uh, because of climate change forcing these animals out of their natural habitats. We should be protecting spaces for them to move into, right? Yeah, they're trying to get all the animals over here, limit the supply so that they can be the last one to hunt each thing. That's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. These guys, these big game trophy hunters, want to call dibs on the last one, so they're cu- trying to cut off the production chain. Like eventually, we're gonna find like. Some billionaire in a zoo. Yeah. Like <laughs> Right. Eric wants to personally kill the last chicken. And he's on a five year plan to end chickens so he can catch and mount the final now, one. Now what the problem with your conspiracy theory I think it's airtypic on is um <laughs> That the Clintons aren't involved. Mm. You know what I mean? And like their conspiracy theory just falls apart unless the Clintons are there to bind it together. If they're not at the center of it. Also, then I'm stuck I don't, on Eric I don't, Trump mounting no. a chicken. I like, can't get that visual out of my head. I got a rebuttal, though. I got a rebuttal. Please. The Clintons only kill humans. Uh, we know this. Wow. Clinton that's because Bill counts. is vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's true. They hate Bill humans. Bill is vegan. True. Right. They so only play the most sense. dangerous game. Yes. Um, like, okay, here's my question, though. Now, let me just play devil's advocate here, which is if you're a company, and of course they like to say small business. Oh, yeah. Because that's mm-hmm. like a word that – a term that everybody's like, oh, but like we support small business. You, you know, put a small business out. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you say – to people who are like, no, but the the standards are onerous and they really get in the way of these businesses thriving. What is your – now, if, there, if there's – and there might be some truth in that, right? Uh, what would you say? What is your argument against that? Because a lot of people really believe that. These laws are just anti-business. That's what they believe. I would say a couple of things. I would say one – it's short-sighted to do something that's damaging to the world to make your business better if it ends up ending the world. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah. don't hire, like, the funniest person yeah. for your office. Hire the person who's going to do the best job over a long period of time. <laughs> Short-term, long-term. <laughs> I would say think bigger. Yeah. 
You know, don't limit yourself. And also, I'd say believe in yourselves. You know, <laughs> you're able to make this huge business. I bet you can do it around. I'm like, yeah, you can figure it out. Yeah, guys. you're smart business people. Yeah. Obstacles help creativity. There's a way for you to do it without murdering all of the wolves. Yeah. But I also, I think the other element, as you sort of winked at, is that they like to hide behind the idea of like, look at these small mom and pop stores. They can't bake their cookies if we're too busy <laughs> protecting the monarchs. But in reality, we know that the, the these the businesses that are most threatened are the largest ones. Yeah, I mean, it's like hydrofracking. Right. Yeah. You know, right. it's the mom and pop hydrofracking operation. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's Daddy Bezos because the knives are out. He canceled my show personally. <laughs> You know, saying, wait, you're telling me that I can't place my new warehouse, my new shipping facility here because someday a pig might need it, you know? Right. I mean, it is tough, especially because these businesses don't even value, a lot of times they don't value the humans working underneath them. They're not paying them enough. So it is tough to be like, well, what about butterflies? Like, they don't even care about people. (laughs) That is a great point. Like, you hear so much about these working conditions where, like, employees are freezing because it's better for the robots. Right. But and like, are, are we surprised that our administration isn't looking after non-human animals? Right, right. In and a climate that doesn't seem to I, I do have humans. to say, though, in terms of like public opinion um, rallying around something, people do not like to see animals suffer. And no. I think they don't like it more than they don't like seeing humans suffer. For, I mean, animals are less terrible than humans. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, no, so, exactly. And now, and I have a baby and a dog. So mm. I could, for, this is a scientific <laughs> study that I've conducted. Full data, um, yeah. This is a Marist poll yeah. of my baby and my dog. Um, more people are like, your dog, you know what yeah. I mean? And he's fucking great. And you guys should look at my Instagram feed to see how great he is. Um, but the baby is also really fucking cute. But it's people are just immediately more like like tender towards yeah. adult, everything. Mm-hmm. If I were Sarah McLaughlin, I would be getting to work right now. I'd be writing yeah, 40 new yeah. songs. Totally. Putting out individual ads for each potentially endangered species. Yep. And now I would start plugging that bald eagle because everybody loves the bald Everyone eagle. Loves a bald the founding eagle. father of our country is a bald eagle. Donald like, Trump's it's just best like, friend. That's right. They're best friends. And it feels like yeah. that bald eagle could be doing the work also. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Agree. I do want to say something hopeful um, to end this segment, which is that California and Massachusetts are planning a lawsuit. Nice. Bless. So there we go. Also, um, there's a person in America. <laughs> <laughs> who turned their 20 by 20 foot yard over to milkweed, fleabane, and other butterfly nectar and host plants um, in hopes to uh, to create, you know, encourage more butterfly populations um, to flourish there. Uh, and there's Facebook groups where you can, like, figure out how to do that on your – and this is, again, like, this is a 25-by-20-foot yard. It's not very big. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that people can do. I know – I don't I'm, I don't want to be one of these people that's like, you, ha- you can do what America can do with several thousand <laughs> acres of land. <laughs> no, I know that you can't. But if there are – Enough people. If there are enough people and if there's a species that you care about, like it – It makes me feel better personally when I do something small just to, like, get in the game. You know what I mean? So get in the game, guys, and fucking uh, get your own state. Get your own state to join this lawsuit. 
That's grow a, a little good window one. box of milkweed. Grow a window box of milkweed. By the way, monarch butterflies have – I have a bunch of plants on my balcony and I do get butterflies. Wow. Oh, my God. I don't know if they're monarch specifically. But anyways, they're, they're beautiful. They're beautiful butterflies. <laughs> and uh, and it is like – it is only happened since I've really gotten into like keeping my, my plants. So there you go. Uh, let us – Take a quick break, and um, we're going to hear about our sponsors. And then when we come back, um, we're going to just do a little quick check-in on the GOP. Today's show is sponsored by Pros. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skincare, I tried the skincare just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, Um, Like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, the other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, mm, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that, but we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after. I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, And this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it. Just it makes common sense. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation will be taken off. That's Pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just 
super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So pros.com slash fake the nation. I am the type of person that has subscribed to things and I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app. And I didn't know that I was paying twice for several months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money. And because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly angry. Thank God Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you. So you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and Rocket Money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Folks, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I tried other services that I was displeased with. And then a neighbor of mine was trying Factor. I had pulled them aside in the hallway and I was like, what are you feeling about this Factor? And they were like, it is delicious. You should definitely do it. So then me and my husband did it and we loved it. They are chef-prepared meals that arrive to your door, and then in two minutes, you could be eating them. Like, it's so simple, and they're actually delicious. And for people like me who just sometimes, my schedule can be so maniacal between traveling in different cities and, you know, doing stand-up gigs. It's like I just don't have a typical schedule where I can plan, set aside time for cooking and all that stuff. So something like Factor really helps for me. The other thing 
thing that I love to do is try not to eat carbs. <laughs> so they have a keto option, which is fantastic. It's super delicious. They use premium ingredients. You can get stuff with like filet mignon and shrimp and truffle butter and broccolini and asparagus, right? Like real ingredients. There are no fuss, no mess meals. Um, they eliminate the hassle of having to prep. They're tailored to your schedule. Um, you can customize your weekly meals uh, with flexibility. You can pause or reschedule. I've actually done that. I've, pa I've both paused and rescheduled. Um, Factor is basically your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. And look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 and use the code fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code fakethenation50 at factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. You guys, we are back. Um, and we're ready for topic number two. So, like, I'm a little worried about the GOP, you guys, because they have a bag of orange flesh as their leader and no actual ideas um, for their future. So I just wanted to do a check-in and see where the GOP was at. And first I wanted to talk about Moscow Mitch and how we're calling him Moscow Mitch and why it bothers Moscow Mitch to be called Moscow Mitch. <laughs> um, so what? why is this bothering him? Like it seems to be a nickname that is sticking. It's one wild that a nickname could undo him so quickly, considering <laughs> like considering all the nasty little names he's like he's encouraged other people to or just use. the like evil that he has wrought upon America. Yeah, yes. But just one nickname, he's like, oh, oh no, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> the power of bullying. Honestly, <laughs> for real. But it's so true. Is that what I like? It's true, and it's damning, and it's like a thing he would say about his enemies, I think. Like, oh, well, they're probably in collusion with somebody. And it's right, like, right. No, the you Clintons. are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's one that says the Clintons, but like, it's like this, it's a similar, yeah. I think it's even simpler than that, though. I mean, Trump's entire power currency is based in nicknames, you know? It's a very simple, primal, like, schoolyard thing of just, like, it, there's a reason why, as adults, people always use it as, like, did they ever call you names at school? You know, it, because it's a traumatic thing if, like, oh, I was six and I ate my booger once and they called me Booger Barry <laughs> and I couldn't shake it. And Trump has, like, weaponized this thing where he can just attach any word to anyone's name and poorly often and very often I'm, the same yeah, word I to just 20 say, people. I don't even want to put Moscow Mitch on the same level just artistically it's better. as the other ones. Sure, because a little it's illiterate. Lying Ted Cruz was right. nothing. No, like, it's nothing. I, I don't even remember the other ones because they're cro crooked Hillary Clinton. There was right. no all uh, the sleepy, art sleepy artistry. Chuck Todd, sleepy Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, like, was what? Like art. There was no artistry to any of his nicknames, and they also didn't no. get to a fundamental truth. Really, no. like mm -hmm. you know, the it, that's I think the reason Moscow Mitch, besides the alliteration, is good is that it really does get to to something at a time when there are multiple laws on the ta on the table that he could bring to the Senate for a vote. 
not a big not a big deal laws laws about to protect the elections that you would think why in God's name would you be against this mm-hmm. you know um so there is yeah so it's I think that's why it hurts I want to roll it back though I I think the fact that it's truthful that it's actually on the money is is an added bonus. I think we now realize we should be calling everyone bad nicknames. But people I, have I, called I him think... Turtle Man for years or like all those like turtle nicknames and it has not phased him. But this is undoing him in a different way. But I think, I think that's different when it's like. It's also like a politician of the Cold War era. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. I think it's like. For those guys, just me- the mention of Moscow, or whatever, is like very upsetting. It's like such he's a bizarre... bad guy in a bond game. Yeah, right, right. All of a sudden, yeah. it is such a bizarre about face that like you go like McCarthyism was all the right being afraid of the left being Russian. Yeah, <laughs> and we've just come full circle. <laughs> full circle. Now. By the way, and this is this was his response. Um, keep this. I'm quoting him: "Keeping our republic means we can't let modern day McCarthyism win." So here is my commitment: no. No matter how much they lie, no matter how much they bully, I will not be intimidated. Um, it's getting to him. It's I getting mean, to I, him. Yeah. I spoke to, uh, <laughs> off the record, a, um, <laughs> a, a, a journalist who lives uh, and, and covers the D.C. area. And he was saying that he has spoken to many, many senior uh, uh, officials, uh, off the record, uh, who say, I want to speak out about this. I wish I could speak out about this, but I don't want Trump to call me a name. The, the shame of that thing My God. is so horrifyingly effective that I just want to, like, isolate down this kernel of, like, this seems to be working. It seems to shame in a way that other things don't. You say the turtle thing, why didn't that work? Because it's too complicated. I hate that things are this stupid now. But it's like, if you can go up with some two-word nickname and just attach one word that, like, links to their head and—, and even better if it's on the money about something awful they're doing. I really think, like, we should go low now, you know? Yeah. With reason, with morals, you know? And yeah, with, with the, traders, with, with you the know? kernel of truth <laughs> right. that no, Moscow Mitch slugging. represents. Right. Right. But right, isolate right. the truth and then condense it into the most effective and shameful nickname possible <laughs> and arable on broadcast television. I mean, if I, I think whoever gets the uh, Democratic nomination should immediately hire Jeff Ross. They should also immediately go into therapy and learn that someone calling you a name doesn't actually hurt you. Like, what I'm learning from this is if somebody can call you a name and you don't care, you have a superpower that no politician in Washington has. Right. Which is, like, so frustrating. Like, who cares if you're called a name? But then I would would care. Yeah, Yeah, it's painful. Yeah. Yeah. But if I were running for president now, I would exclusively call him Dumb Donald. Yeah. You know, I would just commit to doing or that. Dorky all the time. Donald. Any one of them, as long as it starts with a D, because there's art in that. Dildo Donald. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm just like thinking outside the box here, you guys. <laughs> um, outside the cock here, you guys. Um, what? Why? Okay, so just talking about the GOP for a second, like, why aren't they willing to pass legislation uh, on election security? What is the what is the thing that is the ideological driver for the GOP? Like, what is it that they stand for that they're not doing that? I think it's pride based 
on the idea that they don't want to ever admit that they might not have won this election fairly. You know, I mean, it always comes out how Trump wants people to constantly restate how much he won by, that he's talk, constantly talking about his victory, you know, naming the points, naming the states, naming yeah. the votes, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and I, I think I think it is shame in the sense that uh, they they don't want to have that diminished at all. They don't want to admit that their uh, victory might not have been hard won and hard earned. Uh, and it's the same thing that I think happens with a lot of Trump supporters now, which it's like they're so deep into this thing that to now admit that they were perhaps wrong causes them to reevaluate the last like three years of behavior and thoughts. Yeah. And I think but they just actually are- for me, goes back to the Tea Party. I mean, it, there's, mm-hmm. it's just oh, like yeah. this idea of the and the Freedom Caucus of like, don't let any legis any. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a, definitely um, an element of that, a large mm-hmm. portion of that. I also think it's just this idea that if you do anything bipartisan with the Democrats, it's a failure. You're, you're a failure. Yeah, you're weak. That's a good yeah. point. I think the idea of like bipartisan, and it's interesting to me because I think about the average voter, right? You're an average voter in Oklahoma, Texas, whatever, Florida. Are, do you personally give a shit? And do you follow at that granular level <laughs> bipartisan legislation? You know what I mean? Like, I, dep- I guess it depends on I, if it's your issue. Like, even an average voter has, like, a thing that they really care right, and about. I, I mean, I think, well, I, I mean, it, I don't mean to sound naive here because I know what happens with these votes turn into campaign ads, yeah. attacking campaign ads or whatever. So it's like, do you want to be seen as having voted with uh, Nancy Pelosi on right, something. Right, I right. get that, right? But um, on st- there used to be an area of policy that was just a political basic that, stuff like, we could all agree on. Right, yeah. Right, 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 right. Adult decisions to be made. Yeah. Right. And so it's become so I'm thinking about average Joe in um in Joanne in Oklahoma are they like, well, yeah, I mean, we should kind of support the elections. Like, that's I'm okay with that. Yeah, bipartisan vote. It's, and it's, or, or are you even watching I mean, that? Vote? Even I, yeah, I don't. Like, I don't think yeah, they are. I, I think it would fly over their heads. To yeah. me, yeah. I think this is more like um, to go back to coaching an improv team. This is heightening as well. We've gerrymandered. What's next? Right. You know, like I think it's about power. I think there's an element of pride and like not being yeah. like, well, we could have not admitting that like the GOP is shrinking, but their seats in the Senate and their seats everywhere are not shrinking. And so, like, we have to look at, like, they are figuring out bigger and bigger ways to hold on to that power. Yeah. And the thing you were saying about, you know, the the sort of allergy to bipartisanship is it also comes down to this ego issue. It's this idea of, of dominance, you know, that everything has to be tit for tat. Everything has to be yeah. in opposition to the other party. But it is bizarre because, like, you know, Trump keeps on pushing this stupid voter fraud thing. Right. You know, it would kind of be in his interest, even if it was not this exact proposed piece of legislature, trying to in some way reform vote security, you right. know, election it's, security. Yeah, it's 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 just, again, to think of an air conditioning company, which is what <laughs> I love to think of. Right. Um, it's like having an air conditioning company, but like nobody makes air conditioners you know what i mean yeah, the, yeah. The, it's it is the entire purpose of a party right. is to align along some kind of ideological grounds um so that you can advance policy that reflects those and right now they're not 
making any of those ideological they're not they're not generating ideas no they're just so shutting it's stuff all, down yeah. Just, yeah it's or all letting about it rot. it's all about right. the 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 gameplay but yeah. it's like what is it that you know there's nothing at the core and it and just speaking of the shrinking party um you were talking about it demographically but actually like a, a bunch of people have decided to retire in yeah. the last couple of weeks what do you make of these retirements I think people are just exhausted. I mean, it's it's what you're talking about. It's like a zero-sum game, and I think people wade into the bullshit and think that they can fight it and come out with some sense of dignity or some sense of, like, individuality standing up against a party. And it, I, I think it just feels insurmountable, you know? I mean, you even look at what happened to, like, Paul Ryan, right? And he went into, like, Trump's tenure being so optimistic of, like, I'm going to be able to keep them in line. I'm going to be able to do something with this. And then just eventually gave up and went, like, this is impossible. I mean, I mean, I read uh, some piece recently where they were talking about how um, when uh, uh, Mitch was was fighting so uh, valiantly against uh, Merrick Garland's appointment um, that he was saying sort of like, you know, people think this is just an anti-Obama thing, but I can't wait until we have a Republican president again and they see that I'm just a stickler for the law and I'll fight this hard against anything. And then, of course, that's not happening. You know, there there is, as you said, nothing for them to uh, advance. It's just about, you know. Uh, uh, fighting the fight for the sake of the fight. The fight. It's just the but fight. I, and then I some people get tired and tap out. Yeah. I think it's like, oh, we got to do all these awful, shitty things to America. We got to advance our rich white guy agenda. And now that it's getting a little bit hard, we're going to bail. Like, I well, feel like it's like abusers I, yeah. who get jailed and then, you know, like off themselves. It's like I they mean, don't want to deal with You look at a guy like Will Hurd. And I was like, <laughs> as far as fondness for Republicans go, rather fond of Will Hurd. Mm-hmm. He was a reasonable guy. He asked decent questions in those committee hearings. Like he was, you know, he wasn't a fire and brimstone kind of dude. He was just seemed reasonable um, in a swing district of Texas, like cared about, you know, di- you know, was not a wall guy. And he's retiring. You know, he's not ru- running for reelection. Um, and I think I think part of it is you know, and I don't you know, this is not he said if the, the, the Republican Party doesn't start looking like America, we're doomed. Um, I think he's also like it, we I, I, I opted in when there were such a thing as Rockefeller Republicans or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I opted in for finance economic reasons. Um, and now there's this white supremacy. <laughs> it's a little right. awkward as a person of color, you know. And so I think there I think what's happening is the fissure in the party is um, the, the, the party is two parties. You know, I think yeah. the party is two parties and the re- and the people. And that one are- party is like strangling the other party in the womb. Yeah. You know, not to say and, and not to say that the, the, the party, the Rockefeller Republicans aren't, you know, because they're the ones that would love to get rid of the Endangered Species Act. Right. Yeah, like right they're super right, into right. that. So, like, I have problems with them, too, but they're not. You know, but they don't they're not white supremacists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So. But that's the other problem with this sort of like the tribalism of the fight is that it's about unfailing party loyalty, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and he is the mouthpiece, you know, Trump. And then it, it sort of pyramids out from there. 
And whoever the most senior person is, you kind of have to reflect whatever their position is. And if you go against it or even come into it with any sense of nuance, they're going to slap some dumb nickname on you or yeah. tweet about you yeah. or mock you or whatever it is. You know, I I, I just think it, it it's, it's sort of uh, – it's it's an impossible battle to try to take a sort of not even a more moderate stance, not even a more nuanced stance, but just a slightly different stance within that party. Yeah. Even if it's a worse one. Let's do a quick check in on guns. Um, oh because it seemed like for a minute there may have been actual like national appetite for some kind of gun reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think uh, that that will happen when the when the Senate reconvenes? I hope so. <laughs> I, I'm an optimist by nature, yeah. but I just don't have the faith that they that they will act in good faith. These people are bought and paid for by the NRA, and they're and they like have constituents who I think would be reasonable if they could present these ideas reasonably to yeah. their constituents, but they won't. Because the other interesting thing is that. Um, the NRA, which I think for a long time we've been able to say, well, they're being bought and paid for mm-hmm. by the NRA, and they have. The NRA spent a shitload of money in 2016, more than they had ever spent on any other election. Um, they spent a shit uh, for on Donnie specifically, and then a shitload of money on the Senate races, and it paid off, right? <coughs> they won. Their guy won. It worked. Um, but then the other interesting thing that came out of that was that they were um, in the red uh, at coming out of 2016, deeply in debt, and then now it turns out that a lot of their funds have been mismanaged. There's been lavish, lavish spending by Wayne LaPierre. Um, one of my favorite little details is like, I think, I hope I'm getting this right, that they bought his family a $6 million home. What? Also, right he after gets, the Parkland shooting. Right after the Parkland shooting. Yeah. And he already gets like $2 million a year. Yeah. Um, just as his little, you know. And they're a nonprofit. And they're a nonprofit. That is wild. Well, yeah. and so now, also, you guys know our uh, wonderful Attorney General Letitia James um, is is uh, looking into uh, uh, m- you know misdeeds um, with the NRA, along with another state Attorney General who I'm forgetting. Um, and uh, there are also possible Kremlin t- possible ties to Kremlin Kremlin linked Russian operatives with the NRA. So there is a lot. There are members that have like. Um, quit uh, three recently, and there's 76 on the governing council. Um, but still, that seems, you know, interesting. That, that uh, feels so there's... like, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that feels like the strongest path to gun reform for me. I mean, I'm so endlessly cynical about this issue now. It's probably the thing I care about the most and the thing that I have just given up believing is going to happen mm-hmm. anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Sandy Hook was the moment that broke me. It just feels like if it didn't happen then, then how is it ever going to happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe the solution is you, you have to go after the NRA. Yeah, right. You yeah. have to take them down so that they stop funding everybody. Because I, I don't think appealing to common sense is ever going to work at this point. Yeah. You know, even if it feels like we're le- moving somewhere slightly towards the middle this week on the issue, I, I don't think when it reconvenes uh, anything's going to change. And I exist in perpetual fear that we're much closer to some sort of natural, a national uh, mental health registry, end up, you know, functioning like a blacklist uh, to demonize, uh, yep. you know, neurodiverse yeah. people than believing that there's going to be any substantial gun reform within the immediate future. 
Oh, that's a great point. We're just going to leave it on that. Yeah. yeah. Attack the um, NRA. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was, I was, uh, I, I think it's fascinating how how many problems the NRA has right now. It's, I mean, I'm loving it. As a Real Housewives viewer and yes. uh, an enemy of the NRA, I'm loving watching this. Implode. I'm like waiting for the <laughs> limited HBO series oh, that, yes. on the downfall of the NRA. That's how what fun. NRA TV should be. I mean, not to give them <laughs> ideas that can help boost their bottom line. But it already failed. Yeah. NRA TV yeah. already failed. I'm saying so. if you brought it back as a Big Brother style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if it's if it's a reality show, I'm on board. Right, I watch uh, a it. Big Brother yeah. style show, but with guns. Yeah, wow. So, that's okay, so, right. yeah, ends pretty quickly, yeah. probably. Games, yeah. Guys, um, all right. Well, let us move on to topic number three. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Amy Butler is the first woman to lead Manhattan's famed Riverside Church, and she was recently ousted. And the story is kind of weird. It happened because uh, she took a congregant to a sex toy store for, like, a fun perusal. And she gave, and on top of that, she gave uh, one of them a vibrator as a birthday gift. Um, I'm, I'm, I said that this is why she was ousted, although we're not – it's not – technically clear that that's why she was ousted. It's but why they claim she was it's ousted. It's the nominal cause it's of a her re- It's one of the... It's, it could be what's behind the ousting, although just her contract wasn't renewed. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, they, You know, and like a kind of vague statement was made about that. But... Um, what, so what do you guys think about this ouster? And just... I was interested in this topic because it's sort of like... To me, busts open the idea of like the uptight pastor who. What is the? What are we looking at now with church? (laughs) You know what I mean? Because this woman is it wrong? Is it wrong that she took her congregants to a sex toy store? They were, by the way, on some sort of a field trip in Minneapolis, going to the festival of homiletics. I think, Mm -hmm. which I don't even know what homiletics are, athletic homilies. I don't know. That's what it is. (laughs) It's gotta be. Um, and so they were on sort of a trip and then they went and, you know, so there was a kind of like, Hey, we're on a trip thing behind this as well. Do you think it was wrong that she took them there? It's complicated, right? Because I I feel like I I don't know that relationship. I grew up in a church that was very nice, uh, that I loved a lot. I would not want my ministers to have taken me to a sex store. But (laughs) if it were a female minister who was – if you're like gals together, maybe she thought we're just going as gals and not – and didn't – it's hard to know because like – there are so many people I would go to a sex store with and so many people I wouldn't. And it's almost down to the person. Right, right, right. Who, you know, she bought her a very nice vibrator. $200? <laughs> oh, my God. I've never treated myself that nicely. <laughs> it was very generous. Yeah. It was very generous. Yeah. I, I read this New York Times article like three times trying to sort of parse it out. And I just think I, if this is the incident that we're, you know, sort of circling around, I, I don't think there's enough sense of context for me to have any sort of judgment of whether or not it was appropriate. But the thing that becomes very clear is that she had a reputation of making a lot of the more sort of uh, senior gray hair members and and sort of uh, 
her peers in the congregation um, uh, incredibly uncomfortable mm-hmm. with her sort of progressiveness. Um, that she had done a, a blog post about having a, a late-term abortion in her past. Yep. Um, that she had uh, written about what she viewed as sexual harassment. Yeah, she was kind of like bringing dynamics. the Me Too movement to the church. I think Church Too is what she called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hashtag Church, church Too. Yep. Hashtag Church Too. But, but when you read all of this and how long she had been making the sort of old guard uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. it feels like they were just waiting for an incident for them to jump on, you know? And she was advocating to get paid as much as her predecessor, which they didn't like, which I thought was very interesting. Now, I have never felt comfortable inside a sex toy store. So, (laughs) on one hand, I completely relate to this. And I have had friends drag me in, and I always feel uncomfortable. I would never, ever cite it as an argument for why my friends should lose their license to do whatever, you know, should lose their job. I guess it's different with a congregation. The power structure is so bizarre, and especially if you're on a trip, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't know enough about what that relationship is, as you said. But I I, I just I think isolate is a thing. I mean, they talk about okay, so so she gave a member uh, a vibrator, but um, the main man who sort of led the campaign. I'm forgetting his name now. Yeah, um, Ed somebody. Yes. Uh, he had left on her desk a shirt and a wine bottle that said uh, "sexy bitch," sweet yep. bitch, sweet bitch, sweet bitch. Right. Uh, and she felt that he had often sort of had been making uh, advances on her. Yeah. Uh, sexually. And that sort of thrown out as, well, it's like a joke. It was fun. It was a playful thing. Yeah. You know, right. there's no demonizing of, of that, that incident. Guy. I mean, he's yeah. essentially using the locker room talk like, you know. Yes. Or like, the, we're just, you know, we're friends. I'm joking with we you. We make those kinds of jokes. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a very clear double standard at play. Also, sweet bitch is a sweet red wine. That's disgusting. Can you know, I, like, how dare. Can I also tell you guys what he actually said? Um, he responded by saying, a bully can only ride your back if you bend over. And I stood tall and erect. God. <laughs> that irritated her more than anything else. So <sighs> Not really I helping like, the argument. What are you <laughs> yeah. using the word erect for in right. this statement? That, that is the line that made me think, maybe this guy's the issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, we really penetrated her brain. Right. Like, <laughs> I have done nothing sexually inappropriate. I stood firm with my blood rushing directly to my head, veins throbbing. Um, yeah, I think, and apparently that guy's also a former member of the church's governing council. So I don't know under what situation he left or, yeah. you know, I don't know what his And, and even a basic thing, I mean, there was a lot of tension around the fact that she has openly been in support of the LGBTQ uh, community. That, that she said from her sort of platform, uh, uh, I, I think God uh, loves our sexuality, uh, something like that. Um, I mean, there there are a thousand issues where it felt like she was trying to move the line a little bit in the right direction. Yeah. And they pushed back as, as hard as they could. And I, I think and they I, saw an, an opening and they jumped I, on it. I think what's interesting about this situation, too, is that this – the Riverside Church – Riverside Church is like a known social justice yeah. entity in New York. and. It's been for very many decades. 
They um, march with Dr. King. They I mean, march with like, Dr. King. Right. They're very, very progressive. Um, and then I, in one of her, the things that she did in her tenure, I think she's been there for five years, was to really embrace the social justice angle and to increase membership, right? Which is, I think, a problem for every church in America is mm-hmm. like membership. Um, and and it had been working. I mean, and really like bringing the church into the modern era. Um, and uh, you know, as the first woman church too at that, um, at the first woman uh, minister at that church. Um, and I I wonder, you know, there's this thing that upsets me too when we talk about Elizabeth Warren and stuff is like, uh, I mean, maybe they just weren't ready for a woman. You know, like yeah. that yeah. argument of like, it was a lot of women too quick. And, you know, and then she was asking for a raise. I mean, yeah. you know, and I, because I think ultimately a sex toy store visitation on a fun field trip, whatever, is maybe a slap on the wrist. Um, so I think, you yeah. know, you're right in that, like, there it, the standards for her misbehaving were so much higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think not not to bring it back to the, all this stuff, this can of worms, but like uh, as a nerd, a pop culture nerd, mm. I'm constantly reading this like toxic discourse, which it needs to perpetually be stated is a very very small but loud minority mm-hmm. of people pushing back against what they view as. This sort of like SJW propaganda coming into pop culture now. You know, why are all these Star Wars movies trying to push this female agenda down my throat? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, and they always use this argument of like, I have no problem with women. Yeah. I love female characters. <laughs> I just don't like when it's shoved down my throat. Yeah, as long as they don't have any like uh, autonomy. Yeah. They're yeah. great. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. But yeah. all these characters that they grew up with, um, I, I think – I think the Star Wars fans who complain about the fact that current day Star Wars movies have women in them would react just as negatively if they saw the original Star Wars for the first time today. Yeah. They go like, what's this Princess Leia character? Oh, what? So she has to hold a gun yeah. and she doesn't want Han Solo to rescue her, you know? I do think there is this, like, th- they honestly believe that it is not misogyny. Yeah. You know, yeah. they honestly are able to point to things and go, look, it's not a woman thing. I would love to have a woman leader. I'd love right. to have a female it's, pastor. It's like, I'd and, love to have a female the, president. In the, yeah, and in the 2020 debate, it's like, it's not about her being a woman. It's right. about electability. It's just not this one. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't so, like the way they're doing it, but yeah. I think it does and, come down to a basic thing, which I think very often comes back to uh, 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 boys feeling like their mom is yelling at them right you know i I really do i think that's mostly what it breaks down to is any woman in a position of power challenging the way a a male naturally feels feels like fuck you mom i don't need to listen to you (laughs) so how do we fix it we say like respect your mom yeah, I, no, I, I honestly, I don't, the... I, I, you go tough titty, you know, like, I, I, I think. It's just a matter of getting through the hurdle and getting used to it. I mean, getting yeah. used, it's like, and getting used to, I thought like, oh my God, I could never have coffee without sugar in it. And then I right. sort of trained myself to be fine with it. And now I can't have coffee with sugar in it. It's too sweet. Yeah. You know? And right. so it's just about getting used to it. Like, let your taste buds get used to the idea it's, of a female right. it's leader. Exposure therapy. What? Like, that we, doesn't we have sound to, right, but you know what I mean. We have yeah. to force people's brains to change. You yeah. know I mean? I think there is a, a thing where uh, most men 
uh, once they leave their parents' home, never have to deal with a woman in that level of authority ever again, you know? And so they're just not used to it. And they have this negative neurological response that they can rationalize as much as they want, but it comes back to them feeling 15 and pushing the limits of their freedom a little bit and getting all this pushback. And I I think it's just like a Pavlovian thing. And I think people just need to stand firm in this, you know? Yeah. Uh, I I, I think that's the only way it changes. I think it changes when you have a, a greater diversity of... You know, I mean, like, you know, I mostly work as an actor and I feel very lucky that and it is just luck because the numbers statistically are against it that I have been able to work with. I would say 50 percent female directors in my career. Oh, my God. That is really like unusual. Totally bizarre thing. But I I sort of counted it the other day. And a lot of it is that uh, I've done a majority work in TV and uh, that is where most female directors end up. They don't mm-hmm. get to graduate to movies. Uh, although now maybe TV is the greater thing to graduate right, to. Right. Um, but I feel blessed in a sense that I have worked with enough female directors that I'm able to isolate these ones are good for this reason and these ones are bad for this reason. And I'm not just negatively reacting to the fact that a woman is telling me what to do, you know? But you have the sample size. Because which I have most the sample people size. Don't. Most yeah. people don't have more than a couple female bosses. And so it's like, right. well, is she just a bad boss or is she a bad boss because I resent a woman telling me Exactly. Because yeah. I remember talking to an actress on a shoot once and saying, like, am I, like— Am I not, like, doing the work here? Am I feeling threatened by saying that I think she's doing this? And she goes, like, no, she's doing that. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's not tied to her being a woman. Yeah. That's tied to her making and this mistake. And everyone will have this awkward period of figuring of that out and asking those questions. And right. that's totally fine. But, yeah, we still don't have the sample size right. we need the sample for most size. people that's to, like, solution. be able to do that. I yeah. mean, it does help that Hillary ran last time. It helps all the women running this time yeah. that we've yeah. already wrapped yeah. our heads around, the around a female yeah. candidate, yeah. I think. Right. Yeah. And a female no, murderer. Right. You know. I mean, God, <laughs> finally. <laughs> right. Honestly, I get so tired of hearing all these murder stories about men murdering. Yes. Women, yes. do the work. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys. Uh, that is the end of the show. How do you feel? I, I, You know, I feel actually more relaxed than I did coming in here. It feels good to talk about this Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> nice. I feel hopeful. I feel like I could maybe save one butterfly. Save you know, I butterfly. could take $10 from the NRA. Yeah. I feel I feel like I could do just a little. <laughs> yeah, well, you should take that NRA money. It, right? Yes. Why not you? Like, not Everyone for them to pay me, but some. just, like, lift a little yeah, bit a little out. Bit. Like, I don't know how you're going to yeah. do it, but a, I'm a fan. <laughs> just a yeah. brick from Wayne LaPierre's mansion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys. Well, I would love for the people of Vacation to be able to follow you and figure out uh, where to see you and all of that stuff. So, Amanda, where do they do that? Uh, so you can check me out tonight or next week at The Crane doing Monica Lewinsky Sings Your Heart Out. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Amanda Hunt and Kiss. Uh, and I'm at the UCB Subculture every other week on Lloyd Night. And then I do stand-up. You can find I'm, – I'm too many places, honestly. Uh, and you post those things on your social media, oh, I yes. imagine. Okay, Fantastic. Griffin, <laughs> where do they find you? Uh, I'm Grief Lightning on all social media platforms. It's just like Grease Lightning with the first half of my name. Uh, and uh, I have a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David, where it's me and David Sims, who is the film critic for The Atlantic, 
and we go through directors' careers when they get blank check status and uh, go up and down in terms of getting to make whatever they want. What director are you in the midst of? We are just uh, right now starting uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Oh, interesting. Which okay. is, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big animation nerd, and he was this weird blind spot for me. Where everyone's like, you must love Miyazaki movies. And I had always had a difficult time engaging with them. So it's been uh, exposure therapy, like exposure we were talking about. Therapy. And now I love them. Um, yeah, and then uh, please uh, uh, still watch The Tick if you haven't watched watch it. The tick. I watch think contractually the tick. they have to keep it on Amazon for two more years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to create a limited, a sense of, uh, like, we're, you know, yeah, supply and demand. Yeah, it's a limited yeah, yeah, series. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I'm really proud of it, even if it is uh, very canceled uh, <laughs> right now. So please watch it. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for doing the show. You know where to find me and all the things that I do. Um, they may or may not be posted on my website. So, um, I'm going to be... Do it being more out of town um, come September. So hopefully I'll be able to catch you in your city. Um, but I really want to be able to thank the people who make this show happen. That's our producer, Harry Nelson, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens, Gabby Alter wrote our theme music, Lily Fleshler helps with research, and you guys, you know that we love to hear from you, uh, ideas that you have for topics and guests. And oh my God, it's been great, actually. Keep them coming. Um, I, I think actually uh, in the coming week, we're in- incorporating a couple of topics as we we got specifically from guests so keep those coming you can leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 or uh, drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com and if you like what you hear uh, leave a, a thing a, 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 a review on Apple Podcasts <laughs> because it helps people find the show that's that's real um, thank you guys and, and uh, next week again goodbye <laughs>